0: also boogers i boogers freeze you can literally feel your boogers freeze your
1: boogers freeze or your nostrils like i went to get gas and my two sides of my nose like froze to each other like this hey babies welcome to the dr beauty podcast hosted by me dr anna guanche i'm so excited you're here we plan to educate inspire and entertain you This podcast is not just about beauty. It's about lifestyle, inspiration, life hacks, and of course, beauty. Babies, I'm so excited to have Quigley here. She is an influencer. She's someone I've been following for a really long time. Colorful, bright, and she keeps it real from my perspective just sharing everything, the good, the bad, the indifferent. <laughs> yeah, She's been on American Idol. She's um, a singer and I believe an actress as well. And most importantly, she started social media, right? Yeah. What is that? Tell us about that.
0: Well, when I became a content creator, I experienced in the first couple of years an extreme, what I would call burnout, but mm-hmm. also a lot of anxiety and depression that came alongside co-mingling my identity with social media and my business, right? Because they were basically one in the same. And I realized that for people to become content creators, we needed to establish some sort of boundaries with how our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with technology intertwine. And can we do that in a productive and healthy way so that all of the people right now living in this day and age that have this potential to become social media creators don't miss out on the opportunity because of all the negative side effects as well. So we decided to come out with online education called Social Media. And mm-hmm. it's started with a class and now it's a bunch of resources that creators can use to Make sure they've got that healthy relationship
1: with social media. Tell me how you define, how do you define a healthy relationship with social media? Are you saying boundaries as far as how much of your personal time it takes up? Or, for example, what's a great example for our listeners to to understand it better?
0: Yeah. So for me, it's like taking pulses on whether social media is giving or taking away from your energy Mm – If social media is draining you, if social media is giving you the ick, I like to call it, that's like the bad gut feeling, knowing when to take breaks, knowing how long to take breaks. I think a lot of creators really struggle with the idea that if they peace out for too long, Mm -hmm. that everything will go to shit, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which it can. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing how and when to take a break, uh, knowing... Not only about um, how it makes you feel, but um, basically what your purpose is. Are you doing it for the right reasons? Right. That's such a I I when finding, I say that, I think, oh, The Bachelor. Like, are we here for the right reasons or right? not? But it I is mean, really that, important.
1: Finding your why. Why yeah. are you doing this and understanding where you're putting all this effort and time and maybe taking away from some other things that you don't even think about. Yeah. But why? What's your – reason yeah you know? absolutely. and even if it's just having fun if you really really think it's fun that's great yeah right? I mean I would yeah. say
0: yeah and then there's a lot of um there's a lot of comparison right yeah. we are now comparing ourselves to not just the people we see every day or work with but we're comparing ourselves to literally every other human on the mm-hmm. planet and um it can be really toxic so for me I just want um like I said, for people to, because everyone's boundaries and everybody's idea of what's healthy for them and what's not healthy for them is going to be different. So it's really about um, exploring those that,
1: topics. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of social media, and I'm yes, um, the much queen. As you. <laughs> and I do find that um, that I don't put a- enough limits on it, but I. I feel like everything is an Instagrammable or a TikTokable moment. It's right. just it's it's like honestly, I have a passion for it. It's not it's not something that I have to try to want to do. So I think that would be one indicator that I tell people when I give um, talks to. I give talks to doctors about social media because a lot of them want to be on social media and share what they do. And I say, you know, one of the things is that I actually love it. I actually am enjoying myself. And if I stop enjoying myself. I'll still be a doctor and I'll still practice and everything will be okay. But what happens is then the personal life is um, you're always on your phone or everything that somebody does is like a reason to put put out content. I can't help it. It's my brain. So, But sometimes I do turn it off. And recently I was with my friend whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Shito. Um, <laughs> we were at a resort and she, we were with another friend of ours who does a lot of social media as well. And she's taking a lot of pictures of herself by the pool. But we're a bunch of girls hanging out together. She says, how come you're not doing that? How come you're not like posing right now for pictures? And I said, well, I'm trying to be in the moment right now. And so I do try to categorize there are times when it's not for public consumption. Or yep. there are certain things that I keep private that are not for public consumption. Um, and then And then there are things that like my doggies and – procedures and things like that. So I think that maybe, I mean, I don't know, is that something you talk about in your courses? I definitely talk about in my class when to turn off and when
0: to turn off, mm-hmm. or sorry, when to turn on and when to turn off. And you don't have to be super rigid about it. For me, I just follow my gut, my intuition. If I'm feeling gross about it, if mm-hmm. I'm feeling like when I'm scrolling or when I'm consuming content, I don't feel good, then that's time to take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone will have different parameters for what that might be. Um, And your
1: hubby's involved. My hubby is so involved. I mean, he's so cute. The two of you are so cute on social media. You guys need to follow um, Quigley on Instagram and on TikTok. She and her husband make the most hilarious TikToks. And her son, her new baby, we're going to get to that in just a second. But um, he feels totally fine about social media, no issues or anything like that.
0: He's an incredible supporter of what I do and really understands and gets the industry as a marketing extension. Like, you know... We didn't have social media when we were in college, actually. Instagram came out. Actually, Facebook was there, but Instagram didn't come out until after I went to school. And so I went to school for journalism. Mm -hmm. And he really understands that what I'm doing now is an extension of that mass communication, marketing, um, and all those things that I went to school for. So he gets that. And then he's also an actor. So he loves to be on camera. (laughs) Um, and so kind of, you know, tagging along, uh, in the beginning, it was just, he'd come along to different photo shoots and, you know, pose with me and he just hammed it up. He loved being Mm -hmm. in front of the camera. I could see that. But now he is full time with me and he handles so much more than just, you know, being in front of the camera. He helps me field through collaboration requests and he helps me edit things and Mm -hmm. he has an incredible brain for writing. So he has written... So many of our skits. He also is working on a book right now,
1: which is great. Very good. And Quigley's husband is Jack Pottycorn. Yes, is that right? <laughs> oh my God, you said it
0: right. So many people say Jack pot or Jack Pottycorn. Pottycorn. Which
1: That's is, actually funny. It's but funny. Pottycorn. I figured. Yes. So awesome. So and you have a baby.
0: We do. His name is Max.
1: And Max is gorgeous, and it's and he's just, like, I, I follow, obviously follow Quigley, and you definitely should, too. What's your handle? Officially Quigley. Officially Quigley. Yes. And um, basically, this little guy is the cutest. He's on there a lot. He is. And um, he did have some issues at birth, and you were very open to share about all the things that um, you went through. Yeah. We um, had,
0: well, I had two complications at birth. Um, I actually went into labor on my baby moon, oh. which was so fun. We were we were up in Ojai trying to have a good time, and Max was like, I'm ready to make my entrance. <laughs> so at 37 weeks exactly was when I went into labor, and um, at the time, I thought I was going to have a home birth, but then that very day that I went into labor, I called my doctor for some lab results, and she was like, oh... Uh, surprise, you have cholestasis, which means we have to induce you like Monday. This is mm-hmm. Friday. And I was like, Well, it turns out I think I might actually be in labor right now. <laughs> and so she was like, Oh, cool. That's great. Then your body's, you know, naturally saying it's time to give birth. So we called my midwife and we we're like, What should we do? And um, at that point, we we're just getting home from the trip, we we're packing our bags, and they're like, You should go to the hospital. So, yeah. We went, I got there, and um, I preeclampsia, my blood pressure was skyrocketing. So it was really good that I went to the hospital.
1: Yes. You know, I am I am biased towards going to the hospital. Are you? You know, I'm a doctor. Yeah, so of <laughs> I definitely think that um, going to the hospital is the safest bet in case the baby needs oxygen, in case there's something that happens, like a wrapped cord or a clavicle You know, has to be fractured. I don't know. There's so many things that could happen. I'm a. I know you wanted to do a midwife birth, but it's just safer in in my opinion as a doctor. But obviously, doctors are biased in their own uh, in their own specialty. But um, both my kids were pretty early. Yeah. Uh, one much earlier than the other, and one needed to be intubated for. Um, she had her lungs were not mature yet, and I can't imagine um, trying to do something like that without all the facilities around me of everything that you, your baby might need. So, so that's my, my bias, but, um, but so I'm glad he's okay. And then you had another crazy thing happen right after that. We sure did. So we we were in the NICU for a week and then
0: two days after we got out, we went to take him to his first pediatrician's visit because they recommend when, you know, they just leave the NICU to check up really fast. So, we go to our pediatricians, who I had, like, researched, like, crazy. Like, I was so excited to find someone that I loved. And he just happened to have COVID. (laughs) And he gave Max COVID on the first visit. Um, Wow. Which was, I mean, obviously, we can't prove that. But he called and said, I got COVID. And then the next day, Max had a fever. So, we're pretty sure that that's how that went down. And none of us had, you know, none of us had it. So, we're pretty sure that's what happened, but unfortunately, we went um, back to the emergency room, and the literal last test that they did, they did everything else. They tested mm-hmm. blood, pee. They even did a spinal tap, and nothing. And then they came back, and they were like, uh, oh, he has COVID. First baby to have been diagnosed with COVID at that hospital. Um,
1: I just got goosebumps all over you guys. Yeah. So <laughs> they
0: literally just were like, okay, we're taking you up to the to the pick you and quarantining him, and we like. I mean, I was going thinking I was just getting him checked up, and I was there for you know 10 days.
1: 10 days, yeah. I watched that whole thing play out, and I thought you were pretty brave to share that. <laughs> Thank you. I w- literally was in tears, like seeing your suffering. It's true suffering when your baby suffers like watch I'm gonna get all weird but um, ultimately it's like one thing if you're sick but if an innocent baby is sick it's just really rough so um, but you shared it and I think that um, that's something I don't really do is share as much of my personal stuff and I admire that because I think people find it much more relatable and they want to feel a part of something or feel understood and Mm -hmm. I think that that's that's something very special that you bring to the table so thank you
0: thank you and I think that there's like there's a time and place for consuming you know emotionally heavy content right like Mm -hmm. I think so many people turn to social media to get that relatability but so many people turn it like turn to it to just unplug and like not have something so heavy so know that even if you're not like ready to share those types of things in your life that like the other there's t- a place. For yeah. It. There's yeah. the entertainment that you provide, the laughs, the fun, like mm-hmm. that is just as healing and cathartic for people.
1: Thank you. You know, I love to make people laugh. So yeah. I do a lot of TikToks and I really don't feel it's work and I don't do it for work. Um, now Instagram my Instagram features procedures and things like that and to some extent yes that's for work right for people to see the procedure maybe come in but my TikTok I just started doing for fun because I just love making people laugh
0: and people can you can tell <laughs> like you can ta- you can tell that like that is you know just something that makes you so happy mm-hmm. because every single video I'm like Dang, I love this
1: person. She's crazy. The energy is there. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Courtney helps me find TikToks. And I go and do research on TikToks to find out what I can make um, relatable to either dermatology or just relatable in general. And so it's just, I feel excited about it. It just (laughs) makes me... I don't know. I like it. I like it. And if one day I don't like it anymore, I won't do it, you know. So I think that's the beauty of social media is that you can get as involved as you want to be. You can consume as much as you want to consume and then Mm -hmm. you don't, if it's not making you feel good. uh, In fact, I talked about this the other day in my morning quote. I said, look, if you're not feeling good, if you watch somebody and you hate the way you feel when you watch this person on social media, if you're like, ick, look at them, look at what they're doing. Why are you following them? Why are you watching them? Yeah. (laughs) Stop. Like and and they don't want you to feel that that way about them. And you don't want to feel that way. But now if you're watching them and you're inspired by them and you think they're like beautiful or or they've got it going on or whatever and you want to learn from them, then that's another that's another thing. And that's usually what I do. I'm like, wow, look at, look at those beautiful vacation pictures or look at your beautiful dresses. Like you, who's your photographer? You do these unbelievable photo shoots with colorful, whimsical scenes and dresses. And I love it so much. So tell us a little bit about your photo shoots. Thank you. Well, the
0: photographer is dependent on the vision that I have for what I'm doing. So So it's not just one. Oh, I, I work with multiple, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, So what I do, I kind of consider myself as an art director of sorts. I have an mm-hmm. idea for a shoot, and I decide, okay, which photographer is going to capture this based on their style in the best way? And I'll hire the photographer, and I'll find a location. I'll do the styling. I'll do the hair and makeup. Like, I love seeing everything all come, come together. together. Mm-hmm. And that sort of started with my passion – for like i i've never been that person who was like really into weddings like mm-hmm. i actually think like people who are really into weddings like they're like crossfit people
1: right like they all go into their little category oh oh you mean they're like obsessive yeah they're, they're like so like into this, it that was never yeah, me I got but you.
0: then when i started planning my wedding i realized that i was like secretly one of them
1: oh and
0: but because of the fact that all of these elements come together in this magical way where if they can be cohesive mm-hmm. it's just like so it's like a puzzle like everything has to fit and so that just my brain adored that process and I think I've taken that and applied it then to these creative shoots to that I do. To photo
1: shoots and things like that. That's amazing. I mean that's that's a, definitely a skill, and you know, it takes organization, but it also takes having a vision and kind of finding who's going to plug into that, who's going to bring what to the table for that. So um, I would imagine, because I kind of like to plan parties, that you get yeah. really good at it, and you know your go-to people, and they know you, and you can just put it together faster yep. and faster each time. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So I love that. That's awesome. So you were on American Idol. yes. And tell me about that, because I read a few things about it, some that you were excited to be on it, right? But then that there were some other things that happened um, during that process that made you made some realizations about it. And
0: Yeah. I mean, I tried out. I'm from Minnesota. I grew up in Minnesota. And- really?
1: I did my residency in Minnesota. I know. Yes. Like University of Minnesota. And where- I lived in Eden Prairie. Yeah, that's where I grew up. Eden Prairie? Yes. Oh, I was on Blue Stem Lane. I don't know where that is, but uh, and then uh, and then and then we moved to the cities. We moved to um, Lake of the Isles. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. where my mom lives now. Oh, cool! Like by
0: Linden Hills.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you're from Minnesota. Yes,
0: it's the best place in the world, in my opinion. Like except in, you live here in LA. I know, but I can't convince my husband to move back to Minnesota. I don't
1: blame you. You know what? Yeah, where's he from?
0: He's from Chicago. He doesn't want to do. It oh, with it's the winter cold again. there
1: too. Yeah. Minnesota is so cold. So cold, you guys. The coldest I've ever felt in my entire yes. life. Like minus 20 degrees with the wind chill. Like the kind where your fingers freeze to your steering wheel. I had to get a heater from my garage. Also. Boogers? I Boogers freeze?
0: What? You can literally feel your boogers yeah, freeze. Your
1: boogers freeze <laughs> or your nostrils. Like I went to get yeah. gas and my two sides of my nose like froze to each other like this when I took a breath in. Yep. I died. <laughs> I mean, my babies were teeny tiny there, and I would, like, dress them up. It would take me 20, 30 minutes to get all their layers on. They'd be like, sausage man. And then we'd be out for 20 minutes, and everybody would be too cold. So they'd come back in, and invariably, somebody's missing something, like, you know, gloves or hat or, oh. And you have
0: to have a mudroom in Minnesota because the amount of water and snow and dirt that, like, glops
1: off of you, (laughs) you got to contain it. It's literally a mud room, and I have not seen any. You know, what I'll call my laundry room a mud room now. People are like, why do you call it that? Oh, they don't do that here. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have mud in the mud room. It's so funny. Oh my god! So Minnesota. I, yeah, Minnesota. But I do have some. Uh, if anyone's listening from Minnesota, I I do have some fond memories of Minnesota and some sweet, amazing people. And the medicine in Minnesota is better than anywhere else. True. Honestly, very true. I would very say. Very true.
0: So Minnesota is a little sheltered, I would yes. say. It's like in its own little bubble. Um, so coming out to American Idol and coming out to L.A. to do the show when I was 19 was very intimidating. But it was the most exciting thing that ever ever happened to me. And I really set myself up for having the expectation that I was going to be in a singing competition. And mm-hmm. like, let's all be real. It's a, it's a TV show. Um, so I think I, in my head, I like didn't realize that there were narratives and like th- objectives that the producers mm-hmm. had and like mm-hmm. things going on behind the scenes. So I took everything really personally. Um, and I think as, you know, when an 19. adult. No, yeah, exactly. That is a tender age. Exactly. And so I, I mean, I, I had a blast. I really did. Um, for me, what ended up happening was that, some of the media like coverage of me as a contestant ended up being, when I say some of it, I mean all of it, ended up being about a bikini calendar that I had done when I was younger. Mm. And it was like this big scandal that I had these secret bikini photos. And they just made it really they made me look hypersexualized and made made me look very you know, just, like, that was my whole persona, and that mm-hmm. was the thing that was the most important to talk about for me, and it really, I, you know, in hindsight, I felt really reduced to being a body, and it really impacted the way that I showed up in the world in my 20s. I was, I went from being this, like, confident, young woman who was, like, nobody fucking stop me, mm-hmm. to, like, I suppose I should cover up now, Huh. and that, um... Yeah, I think More really- goosebumps. Yeah.
1: I tell you what, now one of the things that I feel is very important is for each person to present themselves the way they feel about themselves and not have that taken away from them. Like you, you get to have all this footage and you get to put a spin on it and you get to put footage of me crying about something and then put footage of something else before that uh, and then make it sound like i i'm upset about something i'm not upset about or you you get to make me look like i'm a bitch you sign that or, away when you're yeah, on reality tv you sign that away and and i have a really hard time with that like it's 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 hard when you're a grown up but it's uh, even harder if you're a teenager and you're coming at this from a very idealistic and very impressionable per- idealistic and impressionable age. Yeah. Um it almost upsets me because you know that's just frustrating but um like they interviewed me for Dr. 90210 I yeah. remember years ago and I was so excited to be on TV and I'm still excited to be on TV one day. One day I do want to be on TV but I was asked all kinds of things like, Do you ever compete with your husband? Do you guys argue about stuff? Um, do you do either of your kids have any behavioral problems? Do you and I'm like, no, we get along really well. My husband gets up early. He does like all the stuff in the morning. So he gets home early, starts homework early, and I get home later. So I leave later. I get them ready for school. I do all this and and you know, we're really a team and we really work together. We support each other. But they were like, bye, we're not interested. And I was like, I wonder what happened. And later I realized there was no drama, There was no behavioral problems. There was no drug problems for my kids. And there was no fighting. And so they're like, this is not going to give us any content. Yeah. So you realize the reason they don't want you is because you're not messed up enough sometimes to make interesting TV. And, yeah. and I think that that's kind of sad. But also like something I didn't understand at the time. And I took it as... I was rejected. Of course. And then I realized they're like, "No, you could you shouldn't tell them like and I wasn't going to if my kid did have a problem, God forbid. Yeah. I would not use my kid's it. problem or our arguments as fodder for a TV show. I personally wouldn't. I think it's a little bit difficult and it leads to a lot more problems because you're publicly playing out stuff in your private family life you know
0: doesn't this make you question like when you see people that are super famous and like super super weird like doesn't make you question like is this just a
1: psychological experiment
0: are they really that messed up or are they just like fucking with us
1: i mean they could be i mean we could be hearing only some sides of the story or or
0: yeah or like are they playing up this whole thing i mean i mean so many people are right
1: Yes. I mean, I really do think they're playing it up. I mean, you think people are going to read the magazines and flip through with their eyeballs glued to it if it's all like normal, well functioning, well adjusted. (laughs) Well, they don't want to see that. Unfortunately, our society doesn't want to see that. That doesn't excite them. Yeah. Yeah. So they want to see dramatic displays of inappropriate behavior. So, so we get, that's what we get. That's And, you know, even the news, like if you get me on my soapbox about the news and if you watch the news today versus looking outside your window at the beautiful view that's outside and the peace that's around you, um, you will think the sky is falling and everything is a total disaster. But that's because people don't watch the news. If you you got on the news and they said, what a beautiful day it is and how great everything is, people would click. That's why they have podcasts. Yeah, that's why they have podcasts (laughs) because it is a beautiful day. Just so you know. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> and I think it's so much about it's it's all the way we perceive our surroundings. And if, you know, we decide to consume
1: only news that makes us really anxious, we will be really anxious people. right? No, and that's why I think that the stuff you put out there to your audience is inspiring and positive. It's real. And that way people are experiencing a range of emotions. Mm-hmm. But they're not given something that's not real. I mean, to some extent, obviously it's not every single moment of your life the way it is, but it's um, more honest,
0: I feel. Thank you. I definitely try to make that be a a reoccurring theme in the content. I think what's really interesting is because people are really obsessed with saying authentic these days, right? Mm -hmm. Like people are really obsessed with this idea of what is authentic social media and what is not. Mm -hmm. And I love thinking about that because like at the end of the day we're all ourselves and we're all just trying to do something whether it's honest or not like it's not our place to judge what other people are doing but how do you come across as authentic versus when people try to be authentic and you're like sussing it out and you're like this is just A lot of bollocks. Like, how do you know the difference when you're consuming between something that feels authentic and something feels like it's trying to be
1: authentic? I mean, I I have just had a conversation about social media for classic surgeons and dermatologists and how now a lot of influencers want to talk day by day about everything that happened after their injections and everything that happened after their peel and blog day by day, their healing process and all that stuff. And so there definitely is a trend towards like a full disclosure kind of thing. Um, and, and, And you're right. Maybe it's really about trying to get as much attention as possible. But that's kind of the nature of social media. And I guess to some extent, I would say if that's not your thing, then don't follow that person. And if you want to hear someone tell you they had diarrhea last night and it looked (laughs) like this, it had little pieces of corn in it and this and this. And then you're like, ew, unfollow, go to the next person that doesn't do that. But then some people are like, they want to hear those gory details of everything, and I think there's yeah, more like people it. giving it out. I like it.
0: I personally, I like when people are honest. I like when I can see the full picture. To me, when I go to somebody's profile and I'm like, "Who are they?" I'm like, not interested in. <laughs> not interested. I want to know people's like core, like what makes them tick, and what why actually- do they do the things they do, and what's on their mm-hmm. mind, and how are what are they worrying about today? Like that's what I want to know. Yeah.
1: And then there's some people who don't want that. They yeah. want just they wanna laugh or they wanna see pretty pictures or yeah. and, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And that's why I never understand when people are so upset by something that either I post or someone else posts and they take the time to write this comment and you're like scroll on yeah scroll on you don't like this you're not my audience and I just scroll on and or unfollow or whatever and then and then the next um, person that you do like follow them and leave a nice comment so you encourage them Uh, I find it fascinating that human nature thing that you have to like attack or like say mean things oh yeah Um, But then I've I've noticed a new trend of uh, social media to take those mean attacks and reply to them especially on TikTok Mm -hmm. which can be Really hilarious and cathartic. Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and I think that um, everyone, like, I'm glad... Th- I don't like it when the names are public because I think that that just creates a lot of unnecessary back and forth. But, like, if people share the comments privately, I think that that can be really productive.
1: And don't put their... name. You mean they share it and they don't put their yeah. name on it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I
0: struggle just because sometimes people have, like, gotten into fights on mine and then, uh-huh. like, people, like girls have been like, all of your followers attacked me and I want to die, so... Oh, boy. I don't want to go that route. Um, But, yeah, sometimes, like, sharing the response, but just, like, Mm -hmm. maybe don't include their handle because there's no use in, like, to me, triggering a fight. Like, I don't personally want to do that. But um, what I wanted to bring it back to was that, like, um, I think so much of the hate that comes from, you know people's comments is just that they don't know their own personal boundaries of how they can consume social media and it's coming from a place of insecurity it's coming from a place of pain and I do my best to have compassion for every single person but sometimes you know it it is painful as as recipients of that hate Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and how do you how do you block yourself off from that, you know? Like, how do you – there's so many times where people will say offensive things, you know, to me about, like, I'm parenting wrong or I'm doing this wrong or I'm doing that wrong or I didn't speak up for this issue or, you know, yeah. I'm not supporting this cause or why am I silent about this thing that's happening in the media? And it's like this constant microphone or microscope and, um, you know, answering to – some of those questions is a lot of pressure.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is a lot of pressure. And I do sometimes uh, get that. Why aren't you saying something about this? You should be sharing about that. And I to a fault stay away from politics because if you want politics you can go to CNN you can go to Fox you can go to a bunch of people's feeds not my feed because I figure everything is going to alienate at least 50 percent of the people so it's really polarized right now huh it's really polarized right now it's really polarized and it's not it's just not my platform I am not good at that I don't claim to be good at it I I would need to do so much more research to really understand what i'm talking about and i feel that's i'm it's out of my depth like ask me about dermatology ask me about skin ask me about being silly or yoga or celebrities and having fun uh you know stuff like that i'll talk about what i'm good at or what i'm interested in and what i think i can bring something to the table to, but i don't want to talk about politics and that's totally okay and that's you setting your boundary and that's great and then people will say, "Did you see that this is happening in this country, and you didn't post about it?" And <laughs> it's not that I don't care. Yeah, it's just that that's not my platform. But so and then, do you
0: go and you internalize that, or do you yes, go and you say goodbye?
1: I try to say goodbye, but I, I like if someone says something mean to me. Out of 100 positive comments, there might be one mean one, and I will, like, bring it up later. Uh, It'll be, like, a little thorn in my side. And it's it's hard, right? Because, you know, they call them trolls. These trolls know that that's what happens. Mm -hmm. And you might block and delete, block and delete, which is what I do. So if you're a troll, I'm going to block and delete you. (laughs) But I still remember, unfortunately, what you said. So I haven't gotten the thick enough skin to, like – And I also don't think you should totally ignore everything. You should – process it and try to think is there any nugget of value in this is there some truth in this yeah and because when it triggers you right? right if you're triggered by a comment like if someone
0: says something to you like you should have green hair and you're like I don't want green hair right. I don't think I would look good with green hair it's not going to bother you right. but if someone was like you really should get blonde highlights <laughs> you're like oh, I kind of wanted blonde highlights. blonde
1: highlights oh shoot so, right. So if someone or, says or something, if they, like instant- I would imagine, say something about parenting. For yeah. me, that would be a big trigger.
0: Right. So, but if there's yes. a sliver of, like, if it triggers any guilt in you at all, mm-hmm. then you're going to start ruminating on it. It's going to trigger you. But mm-hmm. I think it's okay to take a compassionate look at that piece in you that feels hurt and say, why is this hurting me
1: so much? And how can I heal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I need to get better at that. I do that, but I just... I think, like, is there some piece of truth in this that I can take away and do something differently? Or is this just total bogus? Like, is this just BS? Like, but you're right. If it hurts you, that means there's a little grain of that that you think might be true. So if you think it's completely untrue, then you won't react because you'll be like, that's outrageous. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, you don't love your dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So... Um, I want to do Wheel of Guanche. We call it Wheel of Guanche with you. Ooh, Ooh this will be fun. I got a game. Okay, so are you ready? Are you ready? Are yeah. you ready? So you spin the wheel and there's little different subjects, but I'll hold this because it's kind of wobbly. Okay. Oh, okay. well, this is like, oh my yeah, gosh, this not is the most fun I've spin. had in so long. <gasps> love it or hate it. Love it or hate it. I have a list of things and you're going to tell me if you love it or hate it.
0: But what if it's, like, right in the middle? What if it's the gray area? I don't Did have that option.
1: Pa- no. <laughs> no. Okay, love it or hate it. And if you if it's gray, do we give her an out or no? No, we'll
0: just go through okay, and okay, I will, okay, like, okay, just okay. be as brutally honest as whatever. Okay. Pop, first thing that pops into my head.
1: Okay, love it or hate it, meditating. Love it. Ooh, me too, me too, me too, me too. Love it or hate it, Netflix. Love it. All right. Time change. Hate it. <gasps> I love the time change.
0: Really? So why? I love
1: it because I get an extra hour of sleep in the morning. I don't feel like a beast, like an angry beast. Yeah, but then no, what actually, about when it goes I wake up in around. a good mood. I wake up in a good mood, but I, I, I don't know. I just love the time change, and I love to fight with people who don't like the time change. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Because my husband hates the time change, and I'm always making points as to why I love the the time change. I have a one year
0: old, so I. Messing with his sleep schedule uh, is not fun for
1: anyone. I'm sorry. It's okay. I support your decision. I support your decision too. We're very supportive here. Okay. Christmas songs. Love them. Woo! Me too. I think we're going to agree on almost everything except the time change. Do you love, what about Napoleon Hill? <gasps> Author. I don't know if Author I know that. Think and grow rich. I don't know him. <gasps> you have to listen to that book. It's really good. It's really good. So indifferent. I don't know. Indifferent on that one. That was a gray one. Fascinating. All right, let's spin again. Yee. Oh. Oh, good one. Beauty tips. Tell us your favorite <gasps> beauty tips. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Let's think here. I mm. think my favorite beauty tip would be pretty much water solves everything. Um, Like every time I obsess over something that I'm like, oh gosh, there's something wrong with this or that, or I look tired or I don't look, whatever. I'm like, just go chug. And I go to my fridge and chug some water.
1: You sound just like those celebrities that say that, um, they they say, "Um, how do you look so beautiful and your skin is glowing and you look so much younger than your age? And they're like, I drink lots of water. Is that offensive? Meanwhile, I know exactly what they do. So I personally am like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. So, water you drinking?
0: Interesting. Oh, <laughs> also, hold on. Wait for it. Getting pregnant was the best thing that ever happened to my skin. Yeah. Even though the, like, hyperpigmentation was off the charts, like, I have not had a zit in two years. Mm. Well, or a period. I, really? Yeah. Because, like, when your hormones are... Like this, like yeah. I there's don't know. No. Yeah, there's no. I don't know. I don't you really know, have um, beauty secrets. Pregnancy
1: I would say by and large makes people's skin better. Um people ask me all the time. Yeah. Once in a while people break out during pregnancy, but most people clear up and their skin looks so beautiful during pregnancy. And they have that sort of plumpness and the glow. Yeah. But then afterward they'll get melasma sometimes, which yeah. is a postpartum pigmentation you can get. Um we call it the mask of pregnancy. Yeah. And so people get frustrated by that. But yeah, so most of the time during pregnancy, your skin looks gorgeous. But you're lucky yours looks great after. I'm still I'm still pretty happy with how it's looking. Um, gosh, I'm trying and to And you sound. have that blast of estrogen, which is really great for your skin. Yeah so
0: yeah so I wish I had a better one for you I don't
1: that's okay I don't coming There's to like, you that's
0: the my beauty secret
1: that's my there beauty you go tip. coming to me is her beauty secret yes Exactly. okay so I have a question for you that I ask every guest and that is what is your definition of beauty
0: my definition of beauty is energetic it's a radiance that is a high frequency radiance that makes people feel warm and fuzzy when you're in someone's presence.
1: And I like it. Yeah. That sounds very similar to Jerry O'Connell's definition of beauty. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It really does. Oh, cool. But um, mm-hmm. no, no, that is true. Your vibration, your energy. Because when I um, started practice, I was more of a hard scientist. Like everything was about science. And then I realized that every time I go in an exam room and see a patient, each one has a different energy and we have an energy exchange and we have some that energize you. You walk out of the room, you're like so excited about life. You have the neutral and then you have the, the sieve, energy sieves that like you walk out of the exam room and you're like, you're down like 10 valences, you know? And yeah. so uh, I didn't really believe in all that energy stuff until after I started practicing. And now mm-hmm. I really believe that every interaction is an energy exchange. And when you come into a place, you can either level it up, keep it neutral, or you can you know, push it down. So I try to be cognizant of that because sucking energy from someone or bringing them down, I guess, is, is not fair. And, and I almost feel that's worse than cussing someone out, for example. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's more important what energy you bring to every interaction. So yeah. I'm glad you said that um and who's your mentor did you have mentors growing up that inspired you absolutely my mom and my sister I can't leave my dad out
0: let's just say immediate family (laughs) everybody had their part my dad was a musician so he really inspired me that way my sister uh kind of like the rebel of the family who um taught me to be a feminist taught me to be uh kind of go against the grain and question popular opinion, and my mom went to school for fashion and she was a flight attendant, so she was really inspiring in Stylish. the sense yeah that she really had that artistic flair and I for things coming together in a certain way mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that's why I really like to express myself through
1: through clothing are they so excited for you? Do they watch you all the time and yeah, and
0: my sister i mean my sister's better on social media than I am. Like, oh. she's a beast. She Check out her art. I'm going to pimp her right now. Yeah. Her handle is at people I've loved, and she has, like, almost a million followers. She's so cool. Oh,
1: my gosh. We have to check it out. Is she older or younger?
0: She's five years older, uh-huh. and she makes art that's all about the human experience and relationships, and um, she's just, she's brilliant.
1: So you guys both went into sort of more artistic visual type direction yeah Mm -hmm. awesome do you have any projects coming up Ooh,
0: actually yeah my sister and I are collaborating on a mini clothing collection
1: love it what type of clothing is it gonna be colorful I know it will be it's gonna
0: be so colorful it's gonna be bold lots of patterns so essentially what's happening is I'm working on the silhouettes and my sister's working on the textile and so it will be like her art uh on the textile and then Mm -hmm. I'll figure out uh, the shapes and um, color waves and all that jazz. And it'll be coming out in spring 2022 with the British brand called Never Fully Dressed. They're Never it's Fully exit. Dressed.
1: Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. So what type of clothing? Is it like casual wear? Is it all different types? Or We
0: we haven't figured that out yet. Okay. Um, but I'm assuming it's going to be more on the casual side. Um they also do kids clothes. So we're going to do like little mama and me stuff. Oh,
1: matching mom and like, you know, mom and child. Yeah. yeah. Love that. So then you have to do wear it or tear it. Can you spin <gasps> oh, the wheel yeah. until you get to wear it or tear it? There we go. Let's see. Here we go. Wear it or tear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I got laughs> She's going to be a fashion designer. I mean, she is a fashion Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Wear it or tear it? Uh, mom jeans? Wear it. Oh. I don't know how I feel about mom jeans. Really? I don't like have any. What
0: defines a mom jean for you?
1: Mom jeans are the ones that are like super high waisted yeah, and, and they're, they're like kinda, balloon,
0: right? Yeah, a and they
1: balloon out a little bit. I don't know. I love them. Velvet tracksuit. I would leave it. Leave it. Tear it. Tear it. Sorry, tear it. <laughs> Puffer jackets. I'd wear it. Yeah? Yeah. I like them, especially if I'm skiing. Yeah. I never ski. I snowboard. Oh, okay. I always ski. I never snowboard. It's okay. <laughs> Two peas in a pod. <laughs> that's right. Opposite of that. Beanies. Wear them. Oh. Oh, that's right. I've seen you wear beanies. And knee boots. On occasion. Yeah. yeah, Wear it. I like knee boots. I'll wear them. But it depends, right? It has to be the right oh, I just, occasion. yeah, I never have, I
0: can never find the right, like, weather or event to... Right. I don't know.
1: Okay. So, biker shorts. Wear them. Yeah. So it sounds like you're pretty open-minded. Yeah, I I mean, I your outfits. Yeah, I'm a trend whore. Uh huh.
0: So, anything that's trendy, I'm gonna wear it.
1: If it's trendy, yeah, and and then you're also
0: shameless about that. Really? Okay. Don't feel bad at all.
1: I'm I'm not a trend whore. I I don't know what I am. I just wear whatever, I think looks good on me. If it's a trend and it doesn't look good on me, then I won't wear it. Interesting. Like this bucket hat looks terrible on me, but I still like it because it's a bucket hat. And it's on trend? Is that on trend right now? I I know. It's a a little passe, but whatever. Is it? I totally missed that. I totally missed that. How about animal printed pants? It
0: depends on the print, but I own several pairs, so I would say yes.
1: (laughs) Not pajamas? No.
0: They're not pajamas.
1: I have some puppies on my pajama pants, but I don't have any actual pants.
0: Oh, are you saying like the puppy is on...
1: Wait, what? Animal print pants. Yeah, so like leopard printer, zebra print. Oh, right? I guess that's true. Like if it was leopard, leopard print. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah,
0: I got that. I don't have like pants that have puppies on them. Well, I do. That's awesome. Where did you get them? <laughs> that sounds great.
1: They're pajamas. They're by
0: PJ Salvage. Sounds. Sign me up. And what? Actually, I used to have shoes so- that had kittens on them. Like they were like your grandma's old couch, but like kitten.
1: That was, that was pretty Those cool. are cute. And the shirt that goes with it says Positive Vibes. Perfect. Like you know what I mean? I love it. it. Nerdy stuff. Anything else you want to share with our listeners that you think they'd be interested to know about you?
0: Um, Come find us on TikTok. Yeah. Come find us on TikTok because that's really where we're focusing our energy with mm-hmm. short form video and connecting with people in that way. And we're really excited to be there.
1: Yeah, TikTok. It's officially Quigley. Yeah, and same on Instagram. Officially Quigley, and like I said, I've been following Quigley for over a year since we met at Create and Cultivate. And she is fun, interesting. She keeps it real, sexy, colorful, mom Mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, it's it's really fun to follow her. So thank you.
0: It's been a joy talking with you today. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. Bye, babies. Thanks for (gasps) tuning in. Bye. <laughs> Bye.